and welcome to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. This is Rob, and tonight we are not only going to be going over tonight's episode of SmackDown, I am also going to be doing the, our predictions podcast for SummerSlam. So uh, without further ado, we got a lot to cover. Let's jump straight into the review of tonight's SmackDown. I got to ask you guys, though. Are you ready for a good time? So, yeah. Uh, tonight, we opened the show with the aforementioned, previously announced, final... It's finally here, the match between Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Uh, there's lots of random stuff around the ring. There's 150-pound uh, oak whiskey, whiskey barrels, as stated by Pat McAfee. Uh, bar stools, uh, a bar with some photos of what looks like Sheamus's ancestors on it. And, of course, some shillelaghs around the ring. There's some flags and all kinds of Irish paraphernalia. I guess, but uh, yeah, it's kind of refreshing to actually have a match open the show for the first time since uh, I've started watching, so that's nice. Uh, Drew McIntyre is out first with a, to a great reaction, but he is attacked on the ramp by Sheamus, and they brawl a bit outside before moving into the ring to officially start the match. It's hard-hitting, as expected, you know. Sheamus finally, after about five minutes, starts using a shillelagh, and he, he actually uses it to do the beats of the Bodron. you know, his, uh, his pounding on the chest outside the ring. That was a nice touch, I thought. McIntyre powers back into the match and throws Sheamus into some of the barrels, and we go into the first commercial break. Uh, as we return, we see the two fighting over a shillelagh until Sheamus hits a power slam and starts using a steel chair instead. I guess he didn't care that much about the shillelagh there. But don't worry, they'll come back into play later. They will, I promise. Drew fights back into the match and brings a ton of chairs into the ring. It backfires, though, as Sheamus launches one into Drew's face. This was pretty brutal looking. I don't know how Sheamus wasn't like... Uh, I don't know how Drew didn't have like a broken nose or something from this, but he didn't. Sheamus goes for the white noise on the pile of chairs, but Drew counters it into the Future Shock TDT for a great near fall. Uh, Ridge, Ridge Holland comes out of nowhere and turns the tide for Sheamus and breaks a shillelagh, as I mentioned, over Drew's back. It doesn't keep him down for too long, though. Uh, Ridge ends up going through a table outside with a belly-to-belly -belly suplex, and we go into the second commercial break. And we come back with both guys on the top rope fighting over, or just fighting. And Drew does this weird, like, monkey flip type move to get Sheamus down. And he, Drew, eventually uh, throws Sheamus through that bar with the photos on it. McAfee's freaking out, saying that he just dis disrespected Sheamus' family and everything. But Butch jumps on top of Drew, and Sheamus is able to to, you know, take advantage of this and hit a white noise from the middle rope for a great near fall. Another one. And then Butch takes this gigantic shillelagh from under the ring. It's, like, comically large. But Drew is able to get it and beats up both guys with it before he hits it, a claymore on Butch. And Butch takes the claymore like a champ. He always does, like, a flip. It looks great. But he turns around and walks right into a bro kick from Sheamus. The best near fall of the match, for sure. I actually kind of thought Sheamus was going to win here. 
I was surprised, but I kind of thought he was going to win here. Uh, but Drew kicks out, and uh, he catches Sheamus while he tries to hit another bro kick and puts him through a table with a power bomb in the same motion. Uh, Drew has some remorse in his eyes, kind of like it didn't have to be this way type of thing. And Sheamus is kind of crawling around. He tries to grab a shillelagh or a broken shillelagh and eats a claymore from from Drew. And Drew pins him one, two, three and punches his ticket to clash at the castle to the main event. And is now the number one contender against whoever walks out of SummerSlam with the championship. So great match the crowd was really into this they loved it and it's not difficult to see why it's a great way to kick off the night uh this was i think this was a pay-per-view quality match honestly i could have watched this again and again it was great uh drew starts to cut a post-match promo uh he's basically saying you know it didn't have to be this way to sheamus and he's saying you know he can't wait to have a title match with whoever walks out of SummerSlam. and theory comes up and beats him down with the briefcase so, ooh, develop, developments there. Interesting. Will this set up more? We'll see. Uh, great way to kick off the night, though. Uh, Corbin shows up right behind commentary saying he bought a ticket. And he has a sign that says loser and has Mac, uh, McAfee's, not McIntyre, McAfee's face on it. He keeps yelling at Pat and Michael Cole on commentary. And he's throwing popcorn at, at Pat, trying to provoke him, throw him off his game, you know. And then, finally, Corbin jumps the barricade and hits a low blow on McAfee. So, yeah. This furthers the storyline. Again, another anticipated match. I think it's going to be good. Uh, thank thankfully, no more bum-ass Corbin stuff. So, I, I like that. Yeah, good job. Short and sweet. Backstage, we see Kayla Braxton interviewing Theory. And she asks why he attacked Drew. Theory says that he is sick of being a punching bag for everybody and said that he's going to be the champ after tomorrow and that everyone is jealous of that and no one is going to stop him from cashing in and uh, making Drew his punching bag in Cardiff. But as he's walking away, another interesting development here, he's met by Paul Heyman. Uh, you don't really hear what's said, but this is interesting. I, I'm not sure where they're going with this. Is uh is Heyman gonna abandon Roman for for theory? I don't know. We're gonna. Uh, it's definitely something interesting to keep our eyes on there. And we go to the ring, and Shotzi is just standing in the ring, and then Aaliyah's music hits, and she comes to the ring. So for some reason, Shotzi has the jobber's entrance here, and Aaliyah is the one treated like a star. That doesn't make much sense to me, but okay. And also, wasn't this supposed to be Aaliyah and Lacey Evans? Apparently, Lacey Evans is not medically cleared. They didn't go into any more detail about it. I'm, I was thinking maybe it was a storyline thing and she was going to interrupt the match, but she didn't, so I, I guess it's real. Uh, okay, sure. Why? I don't know why you would even have Aaliyah in this match then. Because... It was basically a squash. Shotzi dominated almost the whole thing, and she wins with something called Never Wake Up. I don't, I've never heard of that, but sure. Um, why give her the, the entrance music and the, the superstar entrance if 
she's going to just lose anyway. I, I don't really get that. I agree that Shotzi should be the one to win here anyway. She's definitely more talented. And moreover, and uh, she's just the right choice, but weird. Weird booking here. I, I don't really get that at all, but sure. Uh, Shotzi's win is going to come into play a little bit in a second, though, because we cut backstage to Natalia. Uh, no, actually, it's a photo shoot between Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. They're just kind of, I guess it's like a hype up for SummerSlam. They're just posing against each other. And Natty comes up and interrupts and says that she should still be in the title picture and that Liv hasn't proved herself. And then Sonya interrupts and she doesn't really say much either. She kind of reiterates what Natty says, but not really. She doesn't really say almost anything. And Ronda's like really mad for some reason, like much more angry than she should be for this. Like, I, I don't know why. Uh, Shotzi is still in the ring, by the way. They just, they cut back to her just laughing. She's not saying anything. She's just laughing into the microphone. And then Ronda's music randomly hits and she attacks Shotzi and takes her mic. And then she calls out Liv and says to come out here so they can prove why that they're in the title match tomorrow. I don't know what's going on. This was one of the worst segments I've ever seen. It was really incoherent. The whole thing was random. I never had a clue what was happening. Nothing made sense about it. Ronda's terrible on the microphone. What? I don't know. Liv didn't say a word, and she's probably the better talker out of all those. Sonya's solid, too, but she didn't really say much either. So it was carried by Natalia and Ronda doing the talking, the two worst talkers in the women's division right now, in my opinion. Terrible. I don't know what was happening, but... All of that was apparently to set up a tag match, which was set up during the commercial break that happened after this. Um, I probably maybe I would have known that that's what it was setting up if this segment had been any more co coherent, but it wasn't. It was really, I didn't know what was happening. So, you know, Ronda and Liv dominate early uh, until some uh, dissension comes from both of them wanting to be in the match. They keep tagging each other in and out until finally Liv is the one that is tagged in, has tagged herself in. But Sonya takes advantage of the dissension and slams Liv into the apron. And the heels retain control going into the commercial break. Liv finally comes back, but instead of tagging in Ronda when she has the chance, she tries to win by herself. And this kind of backfires. And the heels take control again. And once again, she gets another chance to make the tag but she refuses again because she sees Sonya set up on the ropes for oblivion and she misses anyway but then she almost rolls up Natalia maybe it was Natalia I don't know this was kind of they were similar gear <laughs> it was Natalia it was Natalia but she goes for a roll up and only gets a two count uh finally Ronda tags herself in and taps out Sonya with an ankle lock uh, this is where I got confused because um, she hit Oblivion here. Okay. But, yeah, she, she taps out Sonya with the ankle lock. And it, you know what? It was a solid match considering the horrendous setup for it. I'll give it that. Uh, most of these, honestly, everyone in the in the ring is very solid in the ring, you know? It's just on the microphone some of these ladies lack. And it, you know what? I'm not even going to say that they're, like, terrible 
mic workers or anything. It's just in their current characters, especially Rhonda. Rhonda does not work well as a baby face. If she were a heel, I think she could handle it better. I don't know. It just it, nothing about the setup for it worked for me. But whatever. Uh, after the match, the champion and the challenger have a somewhat uneasy stare down in the ring. They're still respectful to each other, though. I just hope this leads to Ronda turning heel or getting a manager or something else. I don't know. I think the match will be solid, though. So I'm looking forward to it. Then we have the Street Profits and the Usos hitting the ring for the referee instructions given by Jeff Jarrett. Okay, I never heard of that, but all right. I guess, sure, it's a way to get everybody into the ring for one last time to hype up the match. Sure. Both be both teams basically say they're like Jeff Jarrett tries to talk, but they everyone interrupts and both teams basically say they're going to destroy each other in creative ways. And they ask like all these certain things are like, oh, is this a DQ if I knock Montez Ford's mouth onto the canvas? You know, some creative ways about asking if certain things were DQ. Sure. Jeff says, hey, he likes he likes what he's seeing. He's not there to hold him back. His only job is to count one, two, three tomorrow, but tonight they can do whatever they want. And if they're feeling froggy, one of them should jump. Those were his exact words. And the team's brawl uh, until Jey Uso accidentally super kicks Double J. He sells it like he's been killed. It's beautiful. Still got it. Uh, Jeff gets up and pushes both Usos. And then Dawkins throws him out of the ring, and Montez hits a beautiful splash, like always, to the outside. And this is, uh, is this tipping their hand? I don't know. It doesn't look good for the Usos, which makes me worry a little bit that the Usos might retain. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. That, uh, that one could go either way, I think. Uh, nice little segment to set to put a little bit more hype on the match. And then... Uh, as we come back from another commercial break, Maxine Dupree is backstage with Massé and Mansois to debut the uh, the Beachwear collection. And Max Dupree is back. There was a lot of speculation that uh, he wasn't going to be back with the team. He was being replaced by Maxine, and that there was some heat on him or something. I don't really I don't really remember what was said, but. There was speculated that he was done with the group, but that's not the case. And uh, you know what? I guess this is just all sort of a clever way to sell SummerSlam merch here because all the beachwear stuff was was like SummerSlam shirts and Nashville, you know, and bathing suits and all kinds of like SummerSlam merch. So it's like a it's like a cheap plug almost. Eh, whatever. It was short at least. I have no idea where they're going with this whole maximum male model thing, but. All right, I guess. As long as it doesn't take up too much time, that's fine. Okay, we have our final match of the night. It's not our main event segment. It's our final match, though. It is the New Day versus the Viking Raiders. And um, the feud to this point has not been great, but both teams are talented. So I'm sure they deliver here. Uh, Kofi, though, botches a top rope hurricane run on Eric pretty early. And uh, soon after, the Vikings take control, going into the commercial. Kofi, upon returning, though, turns the tide with an SOS to Ivar and makes the hot tag to Woods. Xavier's on fire and hits a ton of offense on both Vikings. 
kind of forget how good he is sometimes. He's so smooth. Everything he does looks great, and it really showed here. It's been a while since I've really watched him on offense, so it was nice to see. Kofi gets tagged back in, and the Viking Raiders hit some power moves and finish him off with a double power bomb. Like I said, the feud's been lackluster, but it did deliver in the ring. I'm not going to lie. I wish it had a few more minutes. Uh, you could have put this on... I guess this was kind of like their their night of giving matches that they wanted to... didn't have room for on the pay-per-view. Some, But if this had a little more time, it would have been even better. Uh, after the match, the Vikings grab their shields, and they bring a chair into the ring. Eric absolutely destroys Woods with his shield. And he sets his ankle up in the chair. And they both, both Vikings slam the chair with their shields. And Xavier does a masterful job of selling the chair shot. He looks like he's, his leg is broken. He's like crying and screaming and there's doctors are coming out. So uh, I guess the feud's not over. So there is that. Uh, so hopefully we'll get some longer and better matches from these teams. Because they're both very talented. Uh, and our final segment of the night. We have Paul Heyman out here. He's here to do one last hype job for the SummerSlam main event to do what he does best. Uh, he, you know, he basically just hyped up Roman. And he said that Lesnar wins tomorrow over his dead body. Roman will destroy Brock and they'll be done with him once and for all. And then Brock Lesnar's music hits and Lesnar hits the ring. Heyman is clearly terrified. Brock goes to attack Heyman, but is attacked from behind by Theory. Uh, the attack, though, is not very effective. Yeah. Theory basically just... I mean, sorry. Lesnar basically just turns around and destroys Theory, then hits him with a German suplex. Theory rolls out of the ring and retreats straight into Claymore from Drew McIntyre. And then Drew and Brock have a stare down to end the show. Okay, I have to say, I really, really like all the moving parts in the main event here. Uh, it gives the main event uh, an air of unpredictability. Honestly, before this, it looked like a foregone conclusion. Roman was going to win and continue his reign and keep moving. But now, I don't know. Now I'm not so sure. So, yeah, I like that. Uh, unpredictability makes things a little more fun. I always like surprises and mystery and... All that kind of stuff. So that's cool. There's three potential people that could walk out of SummerSlam as the champion here, which is cool. And then, honestly, now all three of them make sense as challengers. Now he has history with all of them. So, yeah, that makes it interesting. I'm uh, definitely looking forward to seeing the main event now more than I was earlier. So that's cool. I thought it was a pretty solid episode of SmackDown. I think it was pretty much just as good as last week. Maybe a little bit better even because that match with, I'd say, the Sheamus and, uh, and Drew McIntyre match was fantastic. So, yeah, uh, I had a lot of fun watching. And, yeah, I definitely am looking forward to SummerSlam. And without further ado, let us get into SummerSlam. Uh, I have here everyone's predictions, and we definitely have some interesting picks here. Everybody uh, went with the same for a lot of matches, but there's definitely some 
some interesting ones. Let's uh let's kick it off here with um with the Logan Paul match, Logan Paul versus the Miz. And all seven of us chose Logan Paul. I think um it, it seems like a pretty obvious one. This is Logan Paul's first singles match in the company. It just makes sense for him to win. Uh, the man is... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. They're trying to push him as a baby face. It's not working really, but I still think he gets a win over The Miz. It just makes sense to me. Even with Tommaso Ciampa involved, potentially, I think Logan Paul gets the win. And everybody in Deep Six agrees. So that's seven thumbs up for Logan Paul. And we're going to move on to Happy Corbin versus Pat McAfee. This one was a little more split, finally. Not finally. This is the second match. But, you know, this one's a little more split. Uh, I have chosen. I'll go last on this one, actually. We have Angelo choosing Happy Corbin here. Sam with Pat McAfee. Ryan with Pat McAfee, Pat with Pat McAfee, Joey with Pat McAfee, and Jake with Pat McAfee. And I have chosen Happy Corbin. I kind of wish I could change my answer because I I chose this before SmackDown aired. And now after watching SmackDown, seeing uh, McAfee take the low blow like that, I kind of think Corbin's going down here. My my thought process was there's a lot of my choices to win are heels on there or are, are baby faces on this show. And I figured I figured, you know, a heel could use a win here. Also, I could see this uh I could see this feud continuing. So, especially since they have more history than most of the other opponents that McAfee has faced. So, and also, actually, I feel like McAfee's almost gotten more over on Corbin, so I could have seen it going that way. Whatever. I picked Corbin, and I guess I'll stick with it. I still could see it happening. I could see McAfee dominating the match for the most part, and then Corbin hitting like an end of days out of nowhere. So, Corbin it is. Two for Corbin, five for McAfee. Next up, we have the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship match between the Street Profits and the Usos with... Double J, Jeff Jarrett, as the special guest referee. For uh, Angelo, he has the Usos retaining the titles. Sam has the Street Profits. Ryan has the Street Profits. Pat has the Street Profits. Joey has the Usos retaining. Jake has the Usos retaining. And I also have the Street Profits. Uh, again, I'm not sure because of what happened on SmackDown now with Jeff Jarrett. Uh, being attacked by the Usos. You would think that skews him in favor of the Street Profits. But this is wrestling. So that almost makes me think it's the other way now. Like something's going to happen. But who knows. I, I think the Street Profits either win here or they break up. That's the way I see this. So it's 50-50. This was the, one of the hardest matches on the card by far. Because of that. So... It's definitely up in the air. As you see, it's split. There's, there's four Street Profits, three Usos. So, yeah. This was the most split match on the card. This and the next match were the next most split matches on the card. 
But this one, actually, I figured would be more split than that one. So I'm kind of surprised. Okay, next up we have the SmackDown Women's Championship match between Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. We have Angelo with Liv Morgan, Sam with Liv Morgan, Ryan with Liv Morgan, all retaining. And then we have Pat, Joey, and Jake all choosing Ronda Rousey to regain the SmackDown Women's Championship. And then I have chosen Liv Morgan to retain her title. Um, I just think why go to all this effort to put the title on Liv like this, give her the money in the bank, if not to have her at least run for a couple months. I mean, I could definitely see a world where Ronda Rousey wins this match, of course. Ronda Rousey has been booked very dominantly, and it's hard to see her losing clean here at least. But I could definitely see a world where Liv rolls her up or something like that. And maybe Ronda snaps and turns heel or something along those lines. It does continue the feud, which eh, we'll see. We'll see. I do think Liv retains here, though. I really do. I feel pretty strongly about that. Then there's the United States Championship match between... The champion Bobby Lashley and his challenger, Mr. Money in the Bank Theory. Uh, again, we're all unanimous here. Bobby Lashley's retaining his title. There's absolutely no reason for Theory to win this match. Um, he has the Money in the Bank briefcase and potentially could have the Universal, or the undisputed WWE Universal Championship later in the evening if he cashes in. So there's absolutely no reason for him to win this match. So Lashley wins. No questions. Everybody is unanimous. 7 nothing. And then, this one. I don't think anybody looked into the stipulation as much as they should have. I only think two of us did. And that is the no disqualification tag team match between the Mysterios and the Judgment Day. And we have, for the Judgment Day, we have Angelo with the Judgment Day. Sam with the Judgment Day. Ryan with the Judgment Day. Pat with the Judgment Day and Jake with the Judgment Day. Joey and I were the only ones who chose the Mysterios. And my reasoning here is normally I would say, yeah, Judgment Day all the way. They should win this match. They need it more than, than the Mysterios. But it's a no DQ match. Why would, it, why would this match be a no DQ match if not to return Edge? Like, Edge has been teased for weeks and weeks and weeks now. This seems like the perfect time to have him come back and avenge his beating from the Judgment Day. So that, that just seems like the perfect scenario to me. Could I be wrong? Absolutely. They could. Nothing of the sort could happen and they could just destroy the Mysterios. Sure, I guess. But I just don't. To me, this is the only reason this makes sense being an ODQ match. So I think that's what's going to happen. So 5-2 to two for the Judgment Day there. Only two for the Mysterios. I think everyone's going to regret it except me and Joey. Then we have the Raw Women's Championship match. Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. Honestly, I don't know why they keep running this match back. It's great. These two have great chemistry. Bianca's looking to avenge her 26-second loss at SummerSlam last year. But it just seems like they these two have been feuding for like ever now. But hopefully this is it. I'm hoping this is the last time. 
These two do have, well, for now, because they do have great chemistry, but I'm hoping this is it. And we have two people for Becky Lynch. We have Jake and we have Sam. And the rest of us all have Bianca Belair. I just think uh, she does need to avenge her loss from last year, even though she already did at WrestleMania. But she, why not do it again? There's no reason to take the title off for now. Becky doesn't need it. She was literally just champion for a year, pretty much. And before that, even, she was champion, like, the entire time since WrestleMania that she wasn't injured, whatever. She doesn't need the title. Uh, I don't know who else challenges Bianca after this, but they'll find somebody. Like, they're, we could always have a returning Bailey or somebody. I, there's plenty of options. We'll figure it out. But Bianca needs to walk out here, the champion, in my opinion. It, I mean, it's Becky, so it could always happen, but that's just the way I see it. And then finally, we have the main event for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. In a last man standing match, we have the champion for about 700 days now, Roman Reigns. And his challenger, the Cowboy Brock Lesnar. And again, for the third time, we are unanimous in our pick of the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. Actually, after watching SmackDown, I'm not as certain as I was. But I still do think Roman Reigns is the correct choice. Either way, whether they have him defeat Drew McIntyre at Clash of the Castle or not, I still think this is the right choice. And uh, everyone agreed, 7 nothing for Roman Reigns. For the tiebreaker for how long that the main event match will last, I have chosen 15 minutes. Jake, 7 minutes and 23 seconds. Always on the short side for this man, I believe. I don't know why, but sure. Joey with the longest at 22 minutes and one second. It's the last man standing match, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. I really got screwed here because Pat chose 14 minutes and 54 seconds, so it's six seconds shorter than me. Uh, Ryan with 14-14, so that's also close, but at least he's got some buffer on the lower end. Sam with 17.02. He's got a decent time there. And then, of course, Angela with 1544. So I have like a 40 second buffer above. Not even. I have like a 20 something second buffer above me and like a three second bu buffer below me. So I'm screwed. Unless I get it exactly right, that sucks. And bonus question number one What will Seth Rollins do on the pay per view? If he is going to have a match. Who will it be against? If he is not going to have a match, will he be on the show? And we have a lot of people picked with kind of the same idea here. Um, for I will go to the people that did not first. Sam said he will be on the show and have a promo. Uh, or do a promo, which, yeah, that's very possible. <clears throat> what is this one? Jake said, I think he's going to call someone out but not have a match. So similar type of thing. Pat said he will wrestle Edge. And I believe the rest of us said the same thing, that he is going to have a match against Johnny Gargano, 
there was some little more detail in different ones. I said specifically he's going to have a match against Gargano and lose. Um, Joey just said he'll have a match against Gargano. I think I probably went into too much detail, right? Ryan said he's going to come out, cut a promo. The crowd will sing. They'll demand a match. Lights will go out. Rebel Hard will happen. Okay, maybe he went into too much detail because he said Gargano's theme will hit. Gargano comes out of a 20-minute match. So, And then Angelo just said he's going to wrestle Gargano. Uh, I believe all of us think this because basically on Twitter, Triple H acknowledged that Rollins no longer has a match because of the Riddle uh, injury uh, storyline. So it definitely seems like they're setting up something for Rollins here. They're not going to just do that and not have him on the pay-per-view. So I think he will wrestle. And Gargano just seems like the logical choice, especially with Triple H in creative power now. It just seems like the right choice, the right time. And it would be a dream match. So here's hoping. Here's hoping we're all right. Bonus number two. Outside of Seth Rollins' possible match, will there be any other surprise appearances on the show? All of us except for... Pat? All of us except for Pat said yes. I don't know why he said no. I, he's got something. I, he, You know what's funny about that? He's the one that said that that uh, Seth Rollins will wrestle Edge. And then he says no, that there will be no other surprise appearances. So he's kind of kind of contradicting himself here, huh? All right, I see you, buddy. I see, what you, I see it. Doesn't make sense, but uh, okay. Bonus number three, will Triple H or Stephanie McMahon appear on the show? Unanimous yet again, all seven of us said yes, that one of the two will appear on the show. Uh, I could see it either way. I could see either person doing it. I would say Triple H probably, but both either one is possible. Possible, maybe even both of them. Number four, will any wrestler turn heel or face during the pay-per-view? As I mentioned earlier, I could definitely see it happening. We have... Two no's, each from Ryan and Joey, and the rest of us said yes. So five yeses, two no's. Um, I definitely think that there's going to be at least one heel turn. I can definitely see it coming. Uh, I I think Rousey would be my biggest pick for it, but it could be, who knows? It could be the one of the Street Profits or something like that. I, I could see definitely something happen here. And finally, the final bonus question, will WWE... Actually, no, there was another one. Uh, I'm sorry. It was not written in this. We, we kind of did it after the fact. Will WWE make any big announcements during the show? Could be a future event, a brand split, something to do with splitting the dual championships, something big and notable that would constitute being major news. For this one, we have five no's and two yeses. The yeses here are Pat and Sam. The rest of us said no, that there will not be major, a big announcement made during the show. So we will see if that comes to pass. And then finally, the actual final bonus question. Um, will Theory cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase at SummerSlam? And... We have Ryan, who says no. I said no. Pat said no. Jake said no. Angelo said no. 
Then we have Sam and Joey who said yes. My rationale is I feel like they have teased it to death. I just don't see them teasing it that heavily. They've been so heavy-handed about it the whole time. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he teases it. I do think he tries to tease it. But I think somebody takes him out. Either McIntyre or Sami Zayn or Dolph Ziggler or, I don't know, the Usos or anybody. He's made a lot of enemies is what I'm trying to say. I, I, I don't think it happens. So, yeah. I don't think that he successfully... Well, that's not that's not there. I don't think he actually gets to cash in, regardless successfully or unsuccessful. So there's that, and that is going to do it for the SmackDown review and the SummerSlam predictions podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I will catch you guys after SummerSlam, as we will be doing. Whether it's just me or whether it's a couple of us, we will be doing a SummerSlam review. So I will catch you guys tomorrow night. Enjoy.